the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 413, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! An on-time huzzah. We literally were sitting here going, three, two, okay, now it's time. We can actually, we were ready to go live before it was officially time, and uh, we just can't do that. That's not us. No. I mean, the fact that we made it here on time is impressive enough. On time is five minutes early for the Magic Mike show. That's true. That's right. And uh, Bree uh, was saying good evening. Bree's a little more Eastern than I am in Los Angeles here. But hey, thank you so much for joining us. We have a massive show today. Uh, we had uh, 14 Breeders' Cup winning your in prep races over the weekend, Mike, along with a very, several unofficial races we'll talk about as well. Uh, we're going to go through the divisions in this uh, sequence from over the weekend uh use those races to kind of uh, talk about who we like think you know our picks and everything but if you're watching us live in the chat we want to hear your thoughts on the divisions if you like a horse if you didn't like a horse uh we'll be giving that out so um mike real quick before we get into it what was your favorite race not necessarily winner or result what was your just your favorite race overall from the weekend oh i'm gonna go with the the, the uh it's not the make the cool cool more cool more turf mile the cool more right? turf mile I just thought it was a really interesting race. Um, I had a lot of fun covering it with Aaron, too. We talked a lot about Santine and how that was a weaker favorite. We were right on that. I love seeing Annapolis mm -hmm. take that step forward. We talked about Annapolis um, specifically last Thursday and then how, you know, this is a three-year-old. It's kind of coming into its own. It was highly touted as a two-year-old. Fun to see that actually actually come to fruition because Annapolis looked phenomenal in that. We're obviously going to talk about that race a little bit. And then, uh, you know, it's just fun field. I mean, you had Casa Creed. You had Mason. You had Ivar. You had all of these different horses that – and you had prices, too, with like even set piece that went off at 12 to 1 that were logical. So it was a fun betting race, fun race to talk about, big field. Uh, I, I thought that was a good one this weekend. What about you? What was your favorite race over the weekend? Oh, man, you took it. I was going to say that one. That was a great one. Um, what else did I love? Uh, the turf racing at Keeneland in general was, from a betting perspective, just piss poor for me personally. But uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, you know what? The, the finish of the Breeders' Futurity. That was a lot of fun with Forte and Loggins because it was uh, it, it was almost like it was your top pick from the Magic Mike show versus my top pick. And they separated from the field and they were banging, literally banging with each other uh, this stretch. So uh, that was exciting because that to me, when you can get two quality two year old Colts out of a big race like that. Uh, to run like that that's good for the future like moving forward as three-year-olds as well forget the breeders cup for a second that's great and you're looking to head down the kentucky derby line too so um uh, breeders futurity just because you stole the, the cool more cool more turf mile from me. you get to you win it because you can say it better that was that was a fun race the breeders cup futurity they breeders futurity sorry i say cup there every time because i'm sticking breeders cup they absolutely <laughs> threw it down down the lane there logins ran huge we're going to talk about this Interesting with Cave Rock and Loggins in the same race because I think Loggins is better than Forte, but I think I want Forte out of that race. We'll get into that a little bit more when we cover it. <laughs> uh, well, listen, like I said, we've got a lot to go on here. Uh, the chat's already going. Yeah, Shadi talking about the Forte-Loggins duel. Uh, wait, do wait, either of them have a shot versus Cave Rock? We'll find out. Wait, what? We'll be there. I didn't know the three jocks got suspended over the weekend. Well, I mean, they're pretty much on vacation till Breeders' Cup anyway, right? You might as well just... Right. that's fair and then we got obviously we had nesco we had malafat go both of them yep. so this is this is going to be a fun we got to see a lot of the distaff preps this week after seeing a lot of the the uh, breeders cup classic preps last weekend let's get into it buddy right is up
What's up, Long? Good to see you. Hey, Mike, we had 14 Breeders' Cup winning your in prep races, plus several more uh, over the weekend here that we're going to talk about. We figured the easiest way to do this is going to go in order of the way the divisions are held on breederscup.com. Uh, we're going to start with talking about the juvenile turf sprint stakes. We had two over the weekend. Let's start here with the Futurity and Nazir Rock, and a very impressive force. Now, two for two since. Oh, great. We're going to have to watch an ad as well. <laughs> We're going to have to watch this. But uh, Nazirak at Belmont at the Big A for Grand Motion, Little Red Feather Racing, uh, Maticat Stables. What did you think about Nazirak as we uh, wait for this to go through? You're killing me. This is Sunday, right? Sunday was Nazirak. Um, yes. I was a little bummed about this. I, I liked a couple horses in here. I know uh, Aaron liked Inflation Nation quite a bit. I like Gaslight Dancer, the seven horse in this spot. Uh I don't think this was all that impressive of a race when I watched it. It didn't feel like there was any real like superstars here. You're going to see the four vacation dance hold on a very long time against this field. Uh, I, I thought the three absolutely tripped out here. Inflation Nation just wasn't good enough. Like because it, it's that's the perfect spot in a turf sprint right there. Uh, and the seven gaslight dancer at every chance as well. I feel like Nazrock, which is Corrigan backwards, so that's how the horse was named by the way, um, is uh, just blah. You know, I, like this isn't one that I'm probably going to want to play in the, the juvenile turf sprint. One horse to watch. The one horse completely blew the break, was like two lengths behind out of the gate. Watch the one horse. This is the one I think, um, you know, at a good six, six and a half. I don't want it for the Breeders' Cup at all. Um, I think he needs a little bit more distance, but he has got a nice turn of foot. Now, they're going to come back to him a little bit here, but he's going to blow him by in the stretch when he tips out. Um, I want to say call him Corrigan because you're right. It, it's named after the trainer and original trainer and co-owner Jim Corrigan. But uh, look at the one just gobble, 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 gobble. Go, 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 go one, go one, go one, go one. It's not going to get the job done. But I mean, but look at him. Not only that, yeah. but watch the gallop out, too. He's just going to if this race was a half furlong gone, he wins by a, a length or two. He's he was a very solid horse. Uh, the rest of them him there in the orange. Uh, yeah. Great for Little Red Feather. They had two big turf uh, stakes wins. Over the sun, actually on Sunday, they had a winner at Santa Anita as well. Um, yep. in the surfer girl that's going to go to the juvenile Phillies turf. Um, it wasn't a win in your in, but that's a pretty decent one there. Um, as far as are we gonna be able to watch the Indian Summer? No, they're still gonna make us watch. I'm gonna pull these up on YouTube. How about that? Um, as go. far as the Indian Summer goes, though, we can talk about that one. Uh, this was a horse, Private Creed, that you and the preview for the site you loved, and you also loved the second place horse that kind of um, it was a three horse speed duel early that we're gonna see. I don't know how Deer District held on, but I think I really like the four, the Deer District going to the Breeders' Cup as well. Yeah. Wait, that's the bourbon, know. isn't it? I'm sorry. Yeah, I just not... completely. <laughs> this is Private Creed's that. race. Pri Where did Private Creed run? Private Creed was. Uh... Private Creed's Indian Summer. He's the 11 horse. This one I know is correct. Indian Summer. Okay, 10 9. I got We. I literally have like 15 different past performances open right now, so I can make sure I can talk about this. It's freaking wild. Um, yeah, I thought this was really interesting because and now, okay, yeah, I thought this was really interesting because Wesley scratches out um, one of his better horses that he has in training right now in Love Reigns. Love Reigns, yeah. Leaves, it leaves the seven horse as the lone ward. No, uh, no, nay, never or something like that. Oh, yeah, no, no nay, nay, Hudson. Hudson. Yeah. Um, and Nodane Hudson goes down from 8-1 to one to 2-1 to one go off odds and absolutely gets hammered here. The trip was kind of tough for Nodane Hudson. You look at it, 21-3 and three and you're sitting three wide. That is not what you want to be doing over this Keeneland Turf course sprinting. The 11 Private Creed absolutely trips out right behind. But I thought this is yeah. a, a heck of an effort from Private Creed. Um, 
he just clearly liked the distance here. This is his third effort at five and a half furlongs, was able to win on debut, then ran behind None Hudson the second time, took a nice step forward at, at Kentucky Downs. And then this was a very, very good race with the uh, son of Jimmy Creed, one of our favorite turf sires. Um, so I thought it was a heck of a race here. I, I thought Private Creed ran well. Um, again, I don't like Love Reigns is in my mind the best turf sprinter. I'm not sure why Love Reigns is out of this race. Um, so we'll see what happens Breeders' Cup-wise, whether or not we end up with Love Reigns in that spot or not. But um, I thought this was a good race from all of the top four, really. I thought the eight ran really well coming on late here, the 11, the seven. I, I thought this was a very good race from from all these different competitors. Yeah, a very. I, I thought Nona Hudson, the seven, ran better than a third-place finish. The nine was a great finish as well. You see, almost literally ran into the seven, was closing like a freight train and just didn't know where to watch this head on. Just choo, 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 just straight yeah. trying to go in. And the jockey's like, no, you're going to kill us. Um, <laughs> a good effort. Good effort from the top three. I think the top three moving forward are nice horses. The seven had a decent finish there as well. Uh, but you're right. Love Reigns is the horse that I thought uh, should have, you know, you would think would love. Um, yeah, here we go from Chris. Wesley Ward said he didn't want Love Reigns to run the Breeders' Cup race yesterday. Well, okay, so Love Reigns is winning the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. Got it. Well, you you got it. The Love Reigns is significantly better than the seven there, Nodey Hudson, and Nodey Hudson ran third against that field. So you got to think that Love Reigns is going to be very, very ready to go. I do like that nine mustache. We talked about it in the preview. You mentioned it. I said that was a long shot to play. The horse ended up getting bet down from 15 to one to five to one. Just you got to draw a line that through that Kentucky Downs race. And this is something we we talk about with Kentucky Downs. A lot of those horses come back and run really well out of it. If you can tell the horse doesn't like the track, and most dash did not like that six and a half furlong distance. It was too far for most dash in that spot. Um, coming getting back to the five and a half here was a big difference. You see a lot of horses run really well out of Kentucky Downs, and specifically if they don't love the track and then they get to one that they do like, you'll see them run at a big number well. And that was the, the, the case with most dash there. Oh, let's see. Let's move on, Mike. The next division we can talk about here, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies. we got two races. We'll start with the Alcibiades Stakes at Keeneland on uh, oh, that been Friday. Uh, yeah, Friday, the big grade one race. Oh, yes, the Ultra the ultra Saddle Cloth race. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Aaron kept talking about it. We bring it up whenever we have the all Saddle Cloth races here. Uh, the Alcibiades Stakes, though, a race that um, for the Juvenile Phillies, Wonder Wheel from the rail just kind of broke strongly, took the lead, and it was over for her. There's a different horse that you love here. You just keep teeing this up. I still have to pull these freaking PPs up. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, oh, come on. Chop, chop. I, well, I know. Yeah. Well, I don't. I actually. That's cute. Uh, I, I don't love chop, chop as much as I think Jared loves chop, chop out of this. Because we watched this replay three or four times. And the trip really wasn't that bad on Rosario's part with chop, chop. Horses had to weave in through traffic, but never had to stop. And that was kind of the key there. Uh, yeah. Wonder Wheel. I thought Gaffney did a wonderful job of, of controlling the speed, right? Getting to the first turn, getting holding that, that rail position, and then being able to kind of just slow it down a little bit. And no one really went after Wonder Wheel in this spot. This division's interesting. I mean, we're going to talk about the California horses in this division in a second here. They're not very good. We'll, we'll spoiler alert there. I thought Wonder okay. Wheel, Chop Chop, and Raging Sea all ran pretty good races here. Um, so I, I think this is going to be a pretty productive race from a Breeders' Cup perspective because I thought you saw some pretty good horses here. I'd be careful with Chop Chop because everybody out of this race is what I kept hearing. The people, uh, you know, talked to um, John Lee's about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is, that was the most impressive one. And, it, yeah, she visually is impressive. She's um, red silks. You can see her kind of cutting through right there. I picture her up on the screen right in the middle, just cutting through with the red silks. It was a great finish. But as far as the Breeders' Cup goes, I'm worried that too many people, Mike, are going to see this. And the 12 to 1 morning line bet down to 6 to 1. She was 2 to 1 on debut. Man, I'm afraid we're not going to get any price on her. 
I would take Raging Sea over her in the Breeders' Cup um, for a couple of reasons. First off, you're going to have another. Who's big the field. horse in the middle here? You're going to see in the pink. Yeah, who ends up running third in this spot? Kind of took a bad step in there. Uh, doesn't come down, but almost came down in that spot. Was there's an objection on the race uh, and took a bad step. That's why the horse came out and still ran very, very well and close to Chop Chop. Uh, but I would take I would take Raging Sea in the Breeders' Cup for a couple of reasons. First off, I mentioned that Rosario did a great job of weaving through traffic. He did that today. The horse will have to do that again in another big field over this track with a short stretch again when they run the Breeders' Cup here in a few 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 weeks, right? Raging Sea has more tactical speed. Raging Sea also was really aggressively praised. We've talked about how, Baff, how Chad Brown does this sometimes. Raging Sea wins a maiden special weight August 7th, 2022. This was her second career start. First time going two turns. She has every right to improve massively off of this race and has tactical speed. Now, Chop Chop has a right to improve as well. First time on dirt. I, I get that. This horse could definitely take a step forward in the Breeders' Cup as well. But Raging Sea's effort, in my mind, was just as impressive um, and has more tactical speed and is going to be in a better position in that race. The draw matters a lot for both these horses. <laughs> Chris says, betting a closer going two turns at Keeneland cannot possibly go wrong. <laughs> Unless it's a McPeak at a price. And then that's actually when you really want to want to do that uh listen you you kind of stole what i was going to go with raging sea man that was uh it's a, a daughter of curling of a storm cat married two turns this was her first time i mean she debuted at seven furlongs and that's a, usually a key indicator from top trainers that the horse is going to have some talent so uh, i'm with you do you have a division leader for this i know it's not going to be the horse in the next race it might be raging sea to be honest with you i mean wonder wheel probably will be your favorite after this race right i mean that's i like yeah. spoiler alert this chandelier sucks like just steak had every chance to blow him away didn't do it and, and tell me no lies looked good but the, it like was the perfect setup we literally when we were live talking about this race it's like look the five and the seven are in the best possible spot ever right the three home cooking here never had a chance in this race if you're watching the live feed we were talking about how the one and the two were the key to this race if they go and they hang the three here the, the the three has no chance of winning and that's exactly what happened here with home cooking who when she didn't get the lead she's hung three wide her race is over right here and the five the six and the seven are just sitting in a perfect position now to win this race it's just who's going to kick the best um and in the five i guess kicked the best <laughs> i just was better than what the six or seven were able to do yeah this is just not a not a good race. I don't even want to watch the rest of the replay. I mean, the, the fact that home cooking just went three wide both times and both turns and never settled. And, and I don't know if Mike tried to settle her and she just said no, or if it's Mike and he just, I, Mike Smith is the most infuriating guy in the world for me right now, because he, he does race rides like this from like, I don't, why, what were you thinking? Why did you do this? And he won both the damn turf stakes at Santa Anita yesterday by open link. So Go figure. I don't know. Well, let's let's also remember there's definitely been a trend over the last four years that the West Coast Phillies are worse than the East Coast Phillies. I mean, that that yes. is 100 percent played out. And, and Aaron specifically, I say, why do you think that is? I think a lot of the West Coast buyers and West Coast trainers are looking to train big time boys. Right. They're looking to train like high level three year olds winning a, a derby versus a lot of the, the the younger girls i think the buyers are doing that and giving those to trainers whereas you see like yeah. pletcher gets horses like nest and like you got malafat like things like that the big time phillies are all in these east coast barns i think this is another example of that i don't think any of these are big time phillies um nick mentioned chocolate gelato chocolate gelato definitely going to be up there as well horse debuted yeah. on opening weekend at saratoga gets beat comes back and wins and then wins a stakes off of that effort so chocolate gelato will be a pretty short price for pletcher as well Yep, that's a good pull there. Um, probably be a short price. Uh, I'm with that. I kind of like Raging Sea 
uh, moving forward for the uh, for the Breeders' Cup. Third start, uh, you know, of her career it will come. Second time going two turns, that's a big angle too. So uh, we'll see where they go. Let's talk about the Juvenile Phillies turf here. We've got one race, the Jessamine Stakes from Friday at Keeneland, and we were covering this race live, but uh, we'll watch it back here again. Delight for Jonathan Thomas, Louise Sides. It's always a delight when Jonathan Thomas has got a good horse like this. He's a good guy, a good trainer. Uh, what did you think about the winner here, and what do you think about Delight? I mean, going to the Breeders' Cup, she looks pretty like pretty big threat. Yeah, I was shocked that, uh, first off, great ride by Sides here. Gets her out to be forwardly placed, clears the one and the two, and then just sits on that rail and lets the horse outside go as, as slow as that horse wants, and then takes the lead in this first turn by protecting that rail. Just by that natural ability, like the natural difference in being on the rail versus being in that one path, you get a length lead like that, and then just gets the seven to back off a little bit, and the race is over. Right. Yep. Just coming into Look this race, ears. in my mind, and when she, when she gets an easy lead like this, it's just good night. So I, I thought this was a phenomenal back to back rides by Saez and then Gaffleon protecting the um this was just she was, she's very impressive here i thought now she had everything her own way too right so what are we going to see if, if she takes pace pressure like we, we've never if you look at her past starts she's never been in the lead before this is the first time she took a field wire to wire but this is a four hundred thousand dollar daughter of mendelssohn thirty five thousand dollars standing fee madly doro on the bottom end jonathan thomas Luis sai is like to me this is one of those all systems go type horses i think she's got a big shot in the breeders cup depending on who comes over you feel like the way that Jonathan Thomas campaigned her, that they that he had, a, not just because of the price tag, he really had high hopes for her. Debuts her at Keeneland early in her career back in April. Um, she gets third, you know, very well beaten third to Love Reigns, who we talked about with the Juvenile Turf Sprint. And then, uh, you know, goes to Saratoga routing for her next start as the favorite. Shakira was uh, elevated to third in the race we just watched, two or two races back, the um, uh, the Alcibiades, because... Uh, that was a horse that Raging Sea cut off. So that was a good horse as well. So was losing to good horses, goes to Delaware Park for a class relief. And you and Aaron talked about this. Horses need confidence boost sometimes. She gets a very easy win against easy competition and showed up here. And I think that combination, like with Saez, who, you know, rides back again, third time in four starts. Saez had all sorts of confidence in her as well. And it's just nice to see it pay off for them. Mendelssohn, by the way, if you don't uh, forget the 2017 Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf winner. So there's plenty of pedigree that says, go to the Breeders' Cup as a two-year-old with this horse. I was shocked that Zagira was in the race that we just covered, not in this spot. She won. She looked She looked like the best two-year-old turf filly in the U.S. when she won that stakes race two back. Uh, then she goes over, tries the dirt, Tries to point toward that route, right, which is Breeders' Cup, Juvenile Phillies, and then Kentucky Yokes eventually. Um, mm -hmm. I this really flatters her. That Zagira looked awesome in beating um, in, in beating Delight. So I would be interested to see whether or not I'm sorry, beating be, beating a, a stakes field the next time out after being Delight. Yeah. I would be interested to see if Zagira is back on the turf for the Breeders' Cup if she shows up. Uh, yeah, especially if, it, you know, if they keep trying to go the, the Oaks route for a little bit, you, something you love to talk about is wait for the horse to get back to what they're best at. In this case, that's what it seems to be. Uh, we can go back to New York. We can talk about the juvenile division now, Mike, the Breeders' Futurity will be the first of two. And these are the two exciting races, uh, as horse racing fans, you got to love first off to me that we, we talked about it earlier before at the start of the show, this was my favorite finish just because you had Forte and you had Loggins. I'm not going to play the clip, <laughs> but you had those two just banging heads out there in the stretch. A very exciting race and always a huge field too for this race. 
yeah, it's amazing how big of fields they get for this this stuff. Um, and, and this was just this was a blast, man. I, Loggins, I thought was really interesting, especially how much money came in on this horse. Um, it, morning line, I think, was like four to one, something around there. Goes off at, at like what was it six to five? I think it was. So a mm-hmm. ton of money comes in for Loggins, and they absolutely fly early. Look at that time. I mean, they're twenty two, basically twenty three flat, um, and you've got. A pressured pace here. Logan sitting on the rail with two horses to the outside, uh, three to two off odds there. Really not an easy spot for Logan's to run. Now, Forte sitting on the rail in seventh or eighth right there, I believe, um, and just the perfect position, right? Forte mm-hmm. had the perfect trip here. Logan's had to do all the heavy lifting up front. I think that's important to note as we see them come home here. Um, but this was a lot of fun to see these horses battle. We thought Forte was this good when he lost to Samford. Uh, was the only horse that closed in that race, came back and got uh, got revenge and the hopeful to get the job done. Now stretches out to two turns for the first time, and I thought it looked really good. I actually thought, and you can see Forte just coming on the screen now, I thought Forte was going to win by open lengths right now. I thought there was mm-hmm. no chance that Logan was going to be able to hold him off because he just kept eating up the ground here. But Logan's really dug in and showed a lot of heart in this spot. Yeah, he did. And and you're right. The way that he just ate up those rivals circling them. It's right here. You would think he's going to take off, but Gone, yeah. it's right. It's like the Logan saw him and like re-engaged and, and just kept fighting and kept fighting. And I, I can't remember at one point there, they bump, but I swear at one point you're right there. It looks like Logan's actually takes the lead and Forte. I mean, what a battle, just what a battle. So awesome to watch. Um, yeah, we, so we love you, those top two. We would. When you see the head on, uh, Forte comes in and it gets a little bit tight and there is definitely a little bit of contact. Forte hundred percent gets the worst of the little bit of contact. He loses probably a half length and Loggins. That's when Loggins retakes that lead. And then Forte gets by him. I think if they never touch Forte wins by almost a half length in this spot. Um, but it, the fact that they touched is what kind of created that. Now, some people were saying I rat hit him with the crop too, hit Loggins with the crop, which would have been an automatic DQ. I didn't see yeah. that. Um, but I, that, that was, I know something that a lot of people were talking about as well, but I had to be going to that side. He's trying to get the horse to recorrect outside versus continue to come inside. And if he switches over and hits him with the right, that horse is going right into the rail and it's a much bigger issue. I never even thought to watch the head on, on the, uh, the DRF replay. I'm going to watch that now. See if I can see him. I know that's not great for what we're doing. You're right. It's exactly what happened. I mean, he, I see what they're saying. It looks like also <laughs> Loggins is, uh, I'm not good enough to know that the, the strap that runs across his chest, it's like a different color and it almost looks like Irad's whip. So when you see him moving, it looks like Irad's whipping the front of his chest, even though the, the whip is behind him. That's interesting. All right. Anyways, uh, we both love those horses. Let's also talk about Mike, the uh, over at Santa Anita the horse that I think everybody on the Racing Dudes team thinks is the biggest single of uh, Future Stars Friday, Cave Rock wins the American Pharaoh Stakes at Keeneland or at, at Churchill. Or, God, wow. How many races, racetracks can I say before I get it right? Cave Rock at Sanita Park. Bob Baffert gets the Superfecta in this race. I mean, that's just gross. <laughs> Uh, this was a fun race. I had the Superfecta cold in this race. I thought it was actually a pretty easy one. <laughs> it's, it's every now and then it's fun when you have these one to five shots, but you, you kind of know where everyone else is going. Yeah, look, Cave Rock was phenomenal. I actually thought National Treasure ran pretty well here too. Um, and this is definitely going to be your favorite in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Now, I mentioned this. I kind of teased it at the top of the show. We just saw Loggins. We just saw Forte. Cave Rock is a problem for Loggins. Cave Rock is irrelevant for Forte. That's one of the keys here because... 
Um, <laughs> because the, you're going to see Cave Rock go to the lead in the in the, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. That's where Loggins is going to want to be. They're going to hook up and press each other. That sets up for Forte. I don't like Loggins in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, even though I think Loggins probably might be a better horse long-term than Forte. That specific race is not going to play out as well for him as it will for Forte because of the presence of Cave Rock. One thing we've kind of forgot to mention um, when talking about the, the futurity that was Loggins' second career start. Yep. Like he lost by a neck in his routing debut and his second career start. Um, I still, th- you know, we were there's comparisons you could draw to him in essential quality a little bit, and I think that you know he still is a strong horse moving forward. I think you're right, especially at three. That's the horse to watch. Cave Rock and especially Forte being by violence. Violence, he's you know might be a little limited at three, but uh, Cave Rock right here is just like everybody's trying so hard to keep up with him. You got three Bafferts, all it's like synchronized swimming. They're all go and nobody's really gaining and Juan Hernandez is just you there yet no you there yet no okay now I'll now I'll hit go now here's what's interesting he's gonna get a little funky right there he got a lit he came in a little too hard but the second Juan Hernandez corrected him without even needing the whip the horse was professional and took off and I know that professionalism that's something that you love in these horses yeah he's he there's something between the ears right now for Cave Rock, and that's that's important. It, it's, it's it's a very intelligent horse that knows what it's doing, uh, and it sets his mind down to racing, and that's what you mentioned. When he got asked there, he straightened out immediately and immediately put it into another gear. Uh, man, Hijazi's still a maiden now, right? <laughs> Has run third in, the, in this race and, and probably going to be on going to the Breeders' Cup. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hijazi as a maiden in the Breeders' Cup. Man, they're going to get that three and a half million dollar money back somehow. He's going to be, he's got to finish third in every grade one race from here to Timbuktu. He's, he, you know what he is? He's this year's command performance, um, just with Baffert instead of Pletcher. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say he's worse than command performance. Well, I can't say that. I can't say that. That's pretty, that's a pretty insulting because <laughs> command performance well, is pretty bad. We'll wait and see. Uh, Does he to, be go to bad, Monmouth say. to break his maiden. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see. Like <laughs> the thing that I will say about Hajazi is lost to a good horse every time. Like Ajazi has faced very, very good horses here in very tough spots and like and just run behind them. Nick says, I'll be cautiously optimistic with Cave Rock. He has to ship to Keeneland and Juan Hernandez will be on a heavy favorite in a big spot. But he should freak out if the uh, will he freak out if the trip doesn't go perfect? Uh, you know, of the three horses that we've seen, Forte Loggins, Cave Rock, and let's throw Blazing Sevens in. Um if I if say all those four, none of them get their ideal trip, who's the most likely winner of those four, Mike? I don't see how Cave Rock doesn't get his trip. That's the problem. Cave Rock is just <laughs> faster than everyone else, right? Like Cave Rock has to miss the break to not get his trip. Um, and so, and Forte, I think he's like he gets stopped if he doesn't get his trip, right? So Forte's screwed if he doesn't get his trip because that means he's in traffic trouble and doesn't get his run in. Um, so I would say Forte would be the worst if there is if there's some type of anti trip for him. I think Cave Rock makes his own trip because he's just faster than everybody else. So as long and even if like he breaks out of the ten post, they're hundred percent sending. If he breaks out of two post, they're hundred percent sending. If he breaks out of the four post, he's the fastest horse. Like so, I don't I don't see how Cave Rock ends up in a bad spot. Logins. Um, to me is, is kind of a wild card on how fast Loggins can go early. And if they want to go with Cave Rock early, because that's, that's going to be a big key to that race. Uh, we'll see how things shape up, but it's a definitely going to, this division got a lot more exciting with what we saw in Keeneland. Uh, yeah, you, we knew Cave Rock was going to be a beast. You have two horses out East now that are interesting. Whereas before yeah. it was like, well, that's going to be Cave Rock and national treasure. <laughs> I'd say two and a half. I think blazing sevens is interesting. 
He's a good magic baby. Yeah, Blazing Seven's got the perfect, or Blazing Seven's got the perfect setup, though. I mean, that was the thing about that that race, is that it was like literally just a dream trip because everyone went too fast up front, and he was able to pick up the pieces. Let's talk about the Juvenile Turf 1 race for this, the Castle and Key Bourbon Stakes Sunday at Keeneland. Um, This race, you know, another wide-open field, big field of 12 for, uh, for Keeneland. Uh, this is the race where Deer District, the Florida horse, really surprised me in a good way. Uh, but the winner was actually named the 12 horse and the winners for Flavian Pratt. What do you think about this? And do you like anybody for the Breeders' Cup? Um, I mean, these races are tough because a lot of it is who comes over, right? Um, because that that's going to determine whether or not you want to take these horses. I, I thought and the winner is was impressive. And I, I thought it was interesting in the morning lines for this. We talked about it on Dudes Who Bet Daily um, going into this race. But you go back to the Wizard with anticipation and, and Bapio wins that race at a monster price. And we all kind of knew that was a little fraudulent when the ones won at 23 to one um, was a gettable horse that day, but, but was kind of fraudulent at 23 to one. And, and you had the 12 horse and the winner is go off as your favorite at two dollars and twenty five cents. Right. You knew that that 10 to 1 was not going to be be there. And I think that this kind of redeemed both the 10 and the 11 in that spot, who ran well as well. The, our dream dry, who I think finished in the top four, who was 3 to 1 coming out of that race. So that was just a kind of a funky race, the way the anticipation. I thought the end the winner is ran really well here. And I thought and the winner is didn't get a great trip here either. Uh, hung wide the entire time. I would be a little bit interested in this one, depending on whether or not we can draw inside. I think the draw is important for and the winner is because against the Europeans that would come over for this race, you can't really give up ground on both turns. The uh, the four horse right there in the middle of the front with the blinkers on, he's going to sustain. Everybody else is going to fall apart while the twelve just shoots right past. You don't have everybody else dropped anchor. I better know. I better know. There you go. There we go. Four horse. We'll back it up here because I'll make my point again. The four horse is the one that, that to me I mentioned before. Dear district, watch him. He's got the blinkers on. Everybody else drops anchor when you see the 12 just swoop past. And, yes, he's going to get beat by almost three lengths. But the fact that he was part in the middle of a three-wide pace duel through both turns and then every other pace horse that was anywhere close to him is just now finishing the race. I thought that was a sneaky, impressive finish for him. Pace-wise, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf is going to have far fewer sprinters than this race did because you have the Juvenile Turf Sprint. So... I think he could be a little sneaky uh, if you can catch him at a price, if the pace works out. Um, not a horse, I think, is a, a serious threat to win, but you saw how he kept running here, even though he got passed by the way. He kept on trying, and I think for the Breeders' Cup, that is something that's going to be important. Yep, and ran well uh, at Kentucky Downs as well in that, that half-million-dollar juvenile race. Uh, ends up running second to Reckoning Force, who's a three-horse in, in here, and really good, the 10-horse, who I, I liked in this spot. Ended up running fourth, I believe it was, third. Um, so... Has good company as well from what we faced. I agree with you. Needs a lot less pace because probably needs to take that field gate to wire. Um, but it is likely that you're going to see less pace in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies than you would did in this spot. Uh, Nick says, because uh, I know this is going to be the answer for, for all of us, the Appleby horse is still our pick in the division, Mysterious Night, correct? Yeah, and she looked phenomenal at Woodbine. I mean, that's the thing. It's like a lot of these races, these turf races specifically, it's who who comes over from Europe and ends up in this spot. We've seen Mysterious Night run once already here in, in North America, so she's the easy one to pick out. But there's going to be some other good ones shipping in. All right, Mike. The uh, we had one race for the TCA Stakes, which is part of the Breeders' Cut or part of the uh, Pick Five that we did uh, over RacingDudes.com on the Magic Mike Show. Here is why is it so terrible? 
footage. I apologize for that. Oh, it's from the Breeders Cup. You think the Breeders Cup would have better footage of this, but this is the TCA stakes. You see there, even through the blur, Slammed goes out to the lead and Slammed never looks back. And tell me, Mike Salmich, is Slammed going to win the Breeders Cup for the American Sprint? She might. I mean, right? This was this was a pretty good effort here from Slammed, and she's she's been very good before. We talked about this horse with Todd Fitcher quite a bit. Um, he, when he has a good horse, when they go to Del Mar, generally they're very good. Slammed was very good in this spot. Um, Happy Soul kind of ran after Palm Cottage, just dropped the anchor here. Uh, this field wasn't great, so it's a little hard for me to say. Yeah, I love Slammed here, um, but she's got to be one of these shorter prices now. Yeah, we're probably not going to get a great price on her. Um, it helps the CC has been informed, the defending champion. I, I don't yep. love her for the race, and she's going to take a lot of money. Um, I don't really. Baffer doesn't have a gamine this year to to try and try and beat. Ah, uh, she did. She looked great. Uh, Todd Fincher, the trainer, the old Southwest Circuit trainer, and now has two Breeders' Cup winning your horses. He's got Cody's Wish, and both. Not only that, Mike, he has two legit Breeders' Cup horses. So that's pretty cool to see. Yeah, there he is celebrating. Yeah, and she was she was phenomenal. I mean, that was a, that was a very good race. She dusted that field. Now, again, there wasn't that much in the field, but you mentioned it. This division doesn't have a dominant horse. There's not that much that much in this division either. And usually, when it does have one, it's usually like a, a, a filly that loses. <laughs> like you, this has been uh, probably you remember Unique the, Bella. Unique yeah, Bella was gold. dominant as hell. Yeah, and Bar Gold won it like seventy to one that year, right? It's something like that, yep. sixty six to one. I mean, th this race has consistently produced wild upsets. I. It, it was three years ago. Dan had one in this race. It was twenty-four to one too. I don't remember the horse's name, but he, he texted me. He's like Shamrock Rose. It. Yeah, and then he didn't bet it because um, <laughs> yep. he texted me, all of us separately about how much he liked the horse, and then he forgot to bet it. I, th this this specific event for some reason creates chaos. Yeah, that's a good good call here too. Good night, Olive has been very very. That's good. the one in New York as well. That's yep, and uh, there's the last I saw that was Aaron's top pick still for the uh the division, and then you have obligatory. I'm sorry, not that's not the one I meant to close on. Obligatory is the Curlin Philly for Bill Mott, that uh is a gr gorgeous gray closer. Um, well, yeah, she's a tough one as well. Maybe we get Bell's the one who we have, you know, she she did not run this weekend, but she's good too. I like Bell's the one, don't make that face. No, no, no. I'm still mad because she chicken shitted out of it last year and it came down to a five horse field and she could have won it last year. And this year, I think she's got no shot, even though she likes Keeneland. Yeah, we'll see. That's I bet why I there. made that face. She was there. She was there at Keeneland last time, but not in it in that race. She was in, I think, the undercard on Friday. I believe it was. No, she wish they she and Club Car skipped and went to some stupid stakes race. Anyway, let's talk no, about not, the not last year. I'm talking about last time it was at Keeneland. Oh, yes. Because I played that the BCBC BC at Gulfstream and then she. Then, then Bell's the one came back and won at Santa Anita after that Keeneland race. It's a horse we just can't get right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Woodford Stakes. This is actually what kicked off the All Stakes pick five. Um, you very wisely singled Golden Pal because, hey, look, there's the break and it's over. Number four, well, Golden I... Pal is going to win. Um, <laughs> does it? Let me ask you this. Is this your top pick for the division? Legitimately, Golden Pal. And if so, is he a single? Yeah. Yes, and you almost have to say yes to the second question if he's your top pick, because it, it, he's going to be such a short price that if you if you spread around, you're just wasting bullets. You either have to beat him or you single him, and I, I'm going to probably end up singling him because look, he loves this turf course. There's no one who is yeah. fast as he is when he breaks. We saw this happen last year where he just broke out, broke the field, and was gone. I, I don't see why you're not going to. And you know what? The best price you're going to get on Golden Pal all year is going to be at the Breeders' Cup. Because it's going to be the deepest field he face. 
in the biggest field he faces. And so you're, you're going to get three to five, four to five. Now, am I going to bet the horse to win? Probably not. I mean, maybe I'll shove in the BCBC and try and just get a free double up or something like somewhere around that <laughs> if the price is okay. Maybe I'll play some pretty big doubles around him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't – who are you beating him with? He The only way – I mean – so what I said when I used the seven, who, who was the second best horse in that race, uh, the only way you beat him is if he beats himself. So, the, you know, like I, I was trying to see if I could do that. I might go too deep and see if there's one horse that if, if Golden Pal, for whatever reason, beats himself. But in America, he's still he's undefeated in American turf. What, eight for eight now. Right. So, yeah. I mean, just super impressive. Um Coolmore paid a shit ton of money for this horse after he'd already won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint. And uh, and maybe even the turf sprint, and they just kept him in training, kept him going. So uh, you know, if, if they're going to keep this horse in training, keep him running, we might as well keep rooting for him. Uh, a race that I know was not your favorite from Keeneland. This was on Friday. Friday, not a good day at Keeneland for us. Uh, the Phoenix Stakes. This was the only Breeders' Cup when you're in for the sprint. Manny Wa with the big upset. Mike, what the hell happened in this race? I mean, the race just collapsed. I mean, that's that's what happened. We kind of talked about how that was possible when we were doing the live show here. That like. This this race could just absolutely fall apart, and that's that's what happened here. I mean, it, it just you had the you had the two horse go to the lead, and and like you, you just saw the pace falling apart as you watched it. And pace speed had been good so far, so you weren't you know, like obviously you knew Special Reserve was going to go there. Sibelius, I was expecting to be uh, a little bit further off of it, and Sibelius is in my mind sitting a little bit too close um, in this spot, just right outside the four there. The three horse absolutely takes it to him, but we knew the three was going to go, right? I mean, we knew the Top Gunner was going to be out there uh, with special reserve. I thought Top Gunner ran pretty well in this spot, but it really set up, honestly, for Necker Island. And Necker Island just throws in the absolute towel here, just doesn't run a lick. And, and right now, Manny Waz in last. And that's what all you need to know. When they go 22, 45, 44, and three, and Manny Waz, and the winner is in last, it's what happened. The race fell apart. Uh, as let's look ahead now, uh, Jackie's warrior. And I think is at least my top pick, um, any horses that you think that you might want to use or that intrigue you alongside Jackie's warrior for the sprint. I mean, honestly, I'm probably going to be looking at closers in the sprint. Um, we'll see who ends up showing up to, to push the pace with Jackie's warrior. But, but I mean, I could see the same thing happening in the sprint that we've seen multiple years, right? Where it's there's three or four horses that go, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a, a mess, and Aloha West wins by a nose, right? Like in Aloha West, sorry, not very good for like a Breeders' Cup champion, right? And that, that horse hasn't done much since winning the Breeders' Cup. So I wouldn't be shocked if you have a similar setup here where Jackie's Warrior goes out here with three other horses. They go 21 and change, 44, slow 44s, and all of a sudden you have a Manny S course just closing on that day, and that's that's probably how I'm going to attack this race is trying to figure out how can I, who, who wins the collapse? Cause I think the collapse is likely in the sprint again. Well, shit. Remember two years ago, it was Whitmore. The old man yeah. Whitmore finally got it done. Um, boy, is this finished? Oh, it just hurts to watch. Uh, I will say for me, the, uh, a horse that I am th- very intrigued by, and it's credit to Aaron because I'd forgotten that they were going to do this with her. Kamari. They're going to do Kamari in the Breeders' Cup sprint against the males because she's better at six than she is at seven. And she loves Keeneland, Mike. She loves Keeneland. And I think she looks better this year than she ever has. And that's saying something. because She's been a very good-looking horse since she was a two-year-old. So um, Kamari is an interesting one. She comes from off of the pace. Again, she loves Keeneland. Um, you could look for that. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I know Willie Boy is going to be going from Florida. Isn't Willie Boy like a dead sprinter? Or yeah, like a Willie dead Boy. speed horse? Yeah, he is. Uh, what, what's the American... 
in Santa Anita. American uh, Theorem in California. American Theorem, I think, is awfully interesting in this spot based on the way the pace is going to set up. American Theorem won, a, won really impressively. I think it was two back. Um, yep. Bing Crosby. Yeah. Boy, what about Jack Christopher? Because I feel like the sprint's too short, and I would rather see him in the dirt mile. I know it's two turns, but I'd rather see him go there. I, I would put him in the dirt mile if I'm Chad Brown. Uh, we'll see where he ends up, if it's sprint or mile. If it's sprint, I think that's really bad for both Jack Christopher and for Jackie's Warrior. Like That's yes. another horse that's going to be pressing or close to it. They're like I would much rather be in the dirt mile and try and take that field wire to wire or gate to wire. Yeah, I think, and yeah, I th I think he'll his competition, despite everybody supposedly being scared of flight line, I still think his competition will ultimately be better in the dirt mile than the sprint. And, and yeah, him carrying his speed two turns, I think, will be uh, pretty good as well. Mike, we had two races for the, well, one officially for the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare Turf, and Look that was a San Anita. What's that? Look at the try. It was Manny Watt over long range toddy. You did like that. We didn't even bring up long range toddy running second in that race. Anyway, go ahead. There's a re there's a reason for that. <laughs> Rodeo Drive Stakes. Uh, sa I'm sorry, Saturday at San Anita Park. A Grade One race for the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf. Won for the second straight year by going to Vegas. Congrats to her. Um, the Winners Circle. I remember last year I was at San Anita, and the Winners Circle was overflowing to the point that they couldn't even bring the horse in for the photo because it just was unsafe. Yeah, but my race horse, Medallion Racing Abandanza. But the point is, this is a horse that goes to the front, leads early, tries to take them all the way. It didn't work last time at the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Turf, and it was in California, and now she's got to go to Keeneland to try and do it. Do you like her or anybody from this field remotely? No, no one at all. I mean, all you need to know is Fluffy Sox was in this race and was the favorite, right? I mean, because Fluffy Sox is not going to be the favorite at all in any of the big races, perhaps for this in, in Kentucky, in New York, anywhere else. It's just in California that she could be the favorite. And going to Vegas just absolutely gets everything her own way here. It could not have been easier for her to go gate to wire here based on the, the fractures they went. 48 to the half mile is really slow in California. 48 and three for these this type of race. Yeah. So he was able to get everything her own way, uh, get a dream set up. And again, Fluffy Socks just wildly cheap. I'm so sorry. You know, th because this race is boring and she's going to win gate to wire. Let's go back to the chat. Uh, Robert Raglan, I did, I did this earlier when we were prepping for it. I forgot about the Vosberg and then I did it again. Elite Power won the Vosberg stakes. Uh, let's talk back about the sprint for a second. Mike, do you have any interest in him in the sprint? Because I thought that was a very impressive race. It was. I haven't seen what the number came back with yet. Um, it's an interesting horse for Mott, right? I mean, this is a four-year-old that's now going to get the Breeders' Cup third off the layoff. Has done been phenomenal. I mean, it has kind of had a 97 buyer first off the layoff. Comes back, runs really well again. Didn't beat anything, but you can't really take anything away either. Um Elite Power also be coming from off the pace, which I think makes Elite Power interesting in the Breeders' Cup sprint. I mean, that's not a horse that's going to be on the lead, especially where the fractions are going. So, yeah, I'm a little interested in Elite Power in the sprint. You might get um, a price, yeah. too, because of, because of the lack of, of competition he's faced. Yeah, that was a pretty shitty field that he faced, but um, he got a 101 buyer for it. He got a 101. Very solid. His buyers and his, I mean, he's just been, like, every race can be getting better and better for Bill Mott. Remember, that was seven furlongs. He's going to cut back to six furlongs for the sprint. As a closer, that's just going to make him even better, right? You would – well, we'll see. Well, I, well, we'll see. it doesn't always work that way, but – Yeah, we'll see where he is. He has success at six furlongs, so that's not a huge issue in my mind, the cutback. be interesting to see what Bill Mott does. Like, does Baby Yoda go to the, the sprint? Like, I, I'm going to be interested to see if you see any other Mott's there. 
Um, let's also, uh, while this still goes on, and we'll talk about this. And Nick's brought this up in the chat a couple of times. I know the answer to this, but I'm curious. It's okay if you don't. I know you're not a big history guy. Uh, Golden Powell won the Breeders' Cup race at two. He won it at three. He could win it again at age four. Has anyone ever done that before? There are two horses that have ever won three Breeders' Cup races. Goldakova won the mile three straight years, but never won at age two. Right. The I'm trying holder, to Sorry, go ahead. The holder won the juvenile fillies. She won the distaff at three, and she won the distaff at six. I'm doing fingers, it. and I've got Nick's message blocking me. So nobody has ever won two, three, four. Golden Powell would be the first to do it. Well, that's wildly difficult to do because you really would have to win. I mean, I guess there's a different division, so you don't have to. But, like, I would have thought it would have been, like, a male going juvenile mile classic or something like that. You know what I mean? Because that and that's breeding like breeding kind of screws that up, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, and that's the thing. It's, it almost has to be a filly, or it has to be like a cigar, um, where you have a horse that's gelded that does it right. Yeah, uh, you're not going to see many Colts win be in the Breeders' Cup three years in a row if they don't win it too, right? And then it makes it, it difficult. The crazy yeah. thing is that Truth Exposed brings up Zenyatta. The crazy thing about Zenyatta, she would have done it at four, five, and six. She didn't even get, I don't think she even debuted until she was four or like late in her three-year-old season. Anyways, we still got some races to talk about here. Uh, the first lady stakes, Regal Glory was in this, in Italian was in this. The reason we want to talk about it, instead of Regal Glory winning and going off to the mile, it might be in Italian winning this and going off to the Philly and Turf. We talked about going to Vegas with speed. This horse is legit serious grade one front end speed she's shown that two straight races now mike and this was a really important race for her because this validates that diana win right because she had lost at a mile being on the lead to horses like speak of the devil who looked phenomenal in that race but speak of the devil has been great since right um so she was clearly a cut below the chad brown horses the chad brown phillies going into saratoga coming out of this race she is the best chad brown philly right now in that barn I think she's the best Chad Brown Philly right now in that barn. He's got a lot of them. So uh, that I like, but now with having that success at a mile too is key. Now didn't face any pace pressure. Technical analysis would be the one that could push, but the counterpoint to that is I don't think anyone can pressure her. Like she goes so freaking fast. She went 45 and change going a mile and eighth at Saratoga and the Diana. That should be like a suicidal pace. And she kept that speed going the entire time. The cruising speed is phenomenal. I mean, she, this is, this is kind of wild, but right now she reminds me a lot of Nick's go where he just looks so comfortable going fast. She looks so comfortable going fast. And right here at the top of the lane, you're like, they're not getting her. She's just gone again. And, and so she looks really good. And, and you, the one nice part about her is that you don't have to worry about the euros pressing her from a pace perspective. There are no Phillies fast enough in Europe early to press her from a pace perspective. Um, so it really just comes down to whether or not she gets loose and can carry the speed. And I don't know of another Philly that can go with her. So wherever she ends up, she's a threat. I was trying to remember, I still can't, when Sister Charlie won the Breeders' Cup for the American Turf in 2018, a raving beauty. That was the horse. He had uh, a raving beauty who was uh, another one like this where she was all speed. And it was rare for Chad Brown, especially at that time, because you know he was all closers for his turf stars. And uh, was a very solid third uh, behind Sister Charlie and Wild Illusion in that Philly Mare turf. So um, he's done it before. I think she's a serious threat. The more I think about her going there, again, we don't know about it from the Europeans, but at least as far as the Americans, um, for the Philly Mare turf, I, this might be my top pick from the U.S. 
Yeah. I, I, again, we'll see what race she ends up in because she could go to the Philly Metro Turf. She could end up in the turf mile. We don't really know which one it is. If I'm the connections, I'm probably thinking Philly and Mare Turf because that turf mile, it does have quite a bit of other speed in it. Um, and they will go fast in that one early. Um, and whereas they could throw it down. And we'll talk about, I think we're, but we talked, we haven't talked about the, the mile yet. So we'll, we'll get to that division. We're soon. coming up on that. that that's next. Um, Truth Exposed says, I wish they brought Winks or Black Caviar over. Europe really sends their very best. Both of those horses were in Australia. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, they, and they rarely send their horses, period, from Australia. Yes. Yeah, that usually you go to Australia and then you don't ever leave there. But uh, uh, yeah, in Italian, a nice runner there. Let's get off of there. We don't need to see uh, Chad Brown any more than we have to. Let's talk about the Coolmore Turf Mile, Mike. This was Annapolis, and I saw that being brought up in the chat earlier. Um, uh, you know, not a horse that we use for the Magic Mike show, but one that you brought hey, up in a big I reason. I Annapolis. You did? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It Because I, I'm sorry. I know you mentioned him because it was I read on a three-year-old when he could have ridden half of the horses in this race easily. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, this was look, we really liked Annapolis at two and we didn't get to see Annapolis in the Breeders' Cup. Uh, we saw Annapolis wins debut, wins the grade two pilgrim. We don't see her again. At, we don't see him again at two debuts in the Penn Mile, loses to Wow What a Summer to Monster Price. And everyone kind of forgets about Annapolis a little bit after that race. I mean, to be honest, that that I think a lot of people kind of said, oh, well, well maybe not as good as we thought. Comes back, wins at Belmont, runs second to Nation's Pride in the in the Saratoga Derby, which I thought was actually a really good second. Then takes the Saranac field gate to wire. Uh, this was a really impressive race. And I love the fact that we have tactical speed, that we can sit close, we can make our own trip. And he beat this field by open legs. And this is not a bad field. This is a good field. And he beat them by open legs. I thought this was really impressive from Annapolis, who has every bit to the, the right to continue to improve into the Breeders' Cup, too. Still very young in the career. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly I'm mad at myself for having overlooked him because when you look you know, back high, like, oh, well, yeah, there's a lot of reasons this kind of made sense. I mean, this was, I would say that this was the toughest turf race in America since the Maker's Mark Mile was held at Keeneland. And it was, you know, a lot of the same setup, similar horses involved. What do you make of this six, Ivar? I mean, this horse loves Keeneland and, and he's not a winner, but we saw him finish second to Modern Games and now he finishes second here. And you got Order of Australia, set piece, Casa Creed are all right there in that photo finish for second. Ivar, for the Breeders' Cup, is he the horse you want to use underneath? Paul Lobo has a little Kenny McPeak in him. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> you got to get the right price on Paul Lobo horses. Like there's, I don't want to be fair. playing him at too short of a price here. I think nine to two was the off odds on Ivar, which I thought was too short. Uh, won this one of the makers mark five to 14, one, five to one. Okay. One of the you're makers mark yep. 14 to one. I think it was 16 to one, something like that. That's the right price. Um, and you're going to get that. Here's the problem. Uh, Ivar has been clearly beaten, not beaten a little bit, but clearly beaten by two horses in this division now. And you're going to have horses that are shipping over that fit in between those horses and Ivar. It would take a lot for Ivar to be able to win. Although underneath, I think Ivar is probably a good horse to use. I mean, shit, I keep, I, we forget this. Well, I know you don't because it cost you a dinner. Smooth like straight got second in the Breeders' Cup mile last year. But Ivar was third. And that was a Del Mar. He's back at Keeneland. I mean, I, you know what? If we get a price, you said the right thing. And I think we will get a price on this horse. He's got to be a must use underneath because... You've got your modern games as your Annapolis as you've got uh, order of Australia might come back. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll see what they do with set piece. I thought this was a, you know, he was a nose in the neck away from second trying to close from dead last. So, um, and any other horses that I haven't mentioned, do you want Casa Creed for the turf mile still? I'm interested to see where Casa Creed goes. Um, generally, no, I don't like, look, God, I don't think Casa Creed can, 
Costa Creed's He's not better a at one turn. No, no, Costa Creed's not a superstar. Annapolis could be a superstar. This was the one horse in this field that could have been a superstar, right? Um, the, they, uh, Modern Games is a superstar. It's tough for Costa Creed to beat those type of horses. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I again, Costa Creed's one where I think likely to hit the board, unlikely to, to win. I guess this, uh, this, that, that super's getting filled pretty fast, though. Because if you got if you got Annapolis and you've got Modern Games and all of a sudden you got Casa Creed and you got Ivar, there's your super game over, and we haven't even talked about anyone else shipping in yet. Um, smooth like straight scratch out of that. I didn't actually hear why. If somebody in the chat uh, knows why, um, let us know. There's a lot going on. It was hard to miss or hard to hear about that one. Uh, we'll go real quick here, Mike. We got two more divisions and three races. We can do it. We're going to start with uh, Sunday. Two races for the Distaff. We'll, we'll talk about the Bell Dame Stakes. The important one here. Uh, is going to be Ness. She's taking on the elder horses for the first time, and she's not facing a lot, but she looked visually just as strong as she ever had. She's from the uh, rail, if you're not sure what we're talking about here. Yep, uh, she did everything right, right? Broke well, got to the rail, was able to then rate off of horses, got out, got outside on the loose, and looked exactly like a one to nine should look. That's that's pretty much all the takeaways from this, right? It was a, a paid workout, and, and she was very professional in it, and that's what you want. Yeah. Um... Uh, let's just scoop ahead a little bit. Let's at least go to the turn. There we go. This would make it a little more interesting. So it, this was nice. You know, I read, I think uh, was, uh, I'm sorry, not I forget who was riding, but it was play, the jockey was playing with her pretty well. Uh, it was, I read. Um, I forgot this was Sunday. I read played with her pretty well, you know, but, but three wide. He knew he had the best horse in the race. And so it's almost like he was educating her, trying to see, can I do this with her? Can I do that with her? Other than going wide off the turn, which it doesn't really bother me too much, uh, yeah, a very nice effort. She's going to draw away impressively, and I rad knows just 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 keep her motor in, bring her on home. Super impressive. Uh, is she your pick to win this division? Yes. You're really not giving me anything to work with you. It's not interesting. Sorry, but like, yeah, she's going to win the division. What? It's like we can talk about Malafat now. First off, Latruska. I've officially quit Latruska. She needs to retire. This was the setup she needed. She, again, didn't get the job done. Uh, yeah, look, who are you going to pick now with that? Are you going to pick the Japanese invader? Like, who are we picking here? That's Because that's that's where you got to hey, go. Hey, don't joke about that. That's don't joke about the Japanese. I know. Well, I picked now with that last year. And that was wildly frustrating because now with that should have won last year. Like, should have won that race last year. Yeah. And just... Maybe if she was in Blinkers, she would have won that race last year, to be honest with you, because the, the improvement we've seen with Malafat in the last three races with Blinkers has been very noticeable. So let's talk about this. I'm with you. Latruska blew the start, and it was like, well, if this was a now or never race, I think we just saw the never. Yep. <laughs> she went yep. up to get the lead, but she never at any point, Mike, I thought looked like she should have the lead. The old Latruska would have taken the lead on her own power and said, Fuck you. I'm not letting you run inside of me. I'm going to lead. She just, to me, I think, yeah, I'm with you. She needs to retire, and they will. It, there's nothing left in the tank at this point. Yeah, I, I think that this is this was this was it. And like, yeah, you, you mentioned, I mean, they went 24 and 2. Latruska goes 23 and 2 in her sleep, like when she was on her game. Um, so I, they, a little disappointing that that I don't know if they held her back. It looked like he was willing to let her just go, and she just didn't want to go. And that's yeah. pretty much when you know it's time to head over to the breeding shed, right? Well, right, right there, Gaff Leon looked to his right and saw that the five was just uh, Princess of Cairo or whatever was creeping up, and he looked over and he barked at her, and that's why she started to move a little bit. But again, like, I'm not going to blame Gaff Leon for riding her differently than Jose Ortiz might have. She just doesn't have anything left. 
Um, let's talk about the winner, Malathat. I mean, she looked good. She looked impressive. Uh, as far as the distaff, are you going to go with a Pletcher Curlin AP Indy Mare exact? You can go nest over Malathat cold? We'll see who's there, but probably. I mean, like, look, the thing with this race, if Latruska's cooked, this field is shit. We got to remember that, right? Like, if, if she does, yep. if she's bad, the, like, she was a second choice in this spot. The four horse was your third choice in this spot. Like, this is not a good field, yeah. right? Um, I, we, we'll have to see who actually ends up in there. Clarier, obviously, will be coming back on a bad trip last time when Malathat was able to beat her. Like, there's a couple in, uh, other horses that I think are a little bit interesting. I'll tell you this. I don't trust Malathat nearly as much as I trust Nest. Nest will run her race. Malathat, mm-hmm. I just I don't trust her that much. And I'm not sure how good she is yet. Because, like, this was dominant, but this was dominant over nothing. And when we've seen her face something, it's winning by a nose and a neck or losing by a nose and a neck. And that's not the way I think Nest is going to win that race. I much I like Nest on top much more than I like her in second. Nick brings up a call. He says he wants your part of Malathad. Don't sleep on search results. But if Nola Truth's going to have to do the dirty work on, she might finally get her front-running trip. That is an excellent point, and that is my second pick underneath Nest. Um, you, if she gets a pace set up, you, that that could be a, a, an upset waiting to happen right there. Well, that's why I like Nest too because she can sit right off that. Nest can be Nest. Nest has tactical, tactical. speed. Like it, you, you don't need to be coming from the back, and Malathat, I think a bigger field is generally going to be further back. Now this race also her- collapsed last year, so we have to see who signs up for this race because this was like right. the ultimate pace collapse last year. Uh, well, we won't have um, what's her name. Um, not some like uh, uh, shoot, they're really long. She dares the devil, she's not in there. Latruska won't be in there. Um, there was the two big price issues. There was a sprinter that was in there that shouldn't have been. Yeah, we'll be fine. Um, I do want to talk about one last race here, real quick. And we can talk about another Philly, even though it was an open race, the Joe Hurst Turf Classic. Uh, not an official winner for the Breeders' Cup Turf, but we're going to talk about it because this was a mile and a half race. And the winner, the number two warlike goddess, is going to the Breeders' Cup Turf because that is her preferred distance. I loved this race from her, not just because she beat the boys and she had to beat a hard horse like Gufo. She had to chase down a loose leader like Bye Bye Melvin. She was closer to the pace than usual, and she looked just as good. I thought that was key. Uh, the fact that, that you know, going a mile and a half, we can sit this close. And you mentioned Bye Bye Melvin was clearly going to be a loose leader there. Interesting that Lascano got this ride. Um, Rosario was at Keeneland, so that's why Lascano was up. I thought Lascano did a phenomenal job getting her closer to the pace. We... we blasted rosario for how awful his ride was last time on warlike goddess cost her the race i loved what lascano did here i'll be interested to see if he gets to keep them out or not um that's gonna be i, mean, I, I bet it goes back to rosario <laughs> but i wouldn't mind yeah lascano riding this horse back he's, he's a sneaky good turf rider up there in new york um she looked dynamic though i mean that's the thing and then she's also close to the pace and it's a 49 49 second half mile that is blazing in new york for a mile and a half like so she's close to a fast new york pace there uh I thought she's dangerous in the turf if she runs back to this race. She, God, she was, to me, this looked like if you wanted to see a horse put in a final beautiful effort for the Breeders' Cup for whatever division, this is the kind of effort you want to see. She did it with ease. She did everything the rider asked. I mean, if you better, never at any point were you questioning, is she going to lose is she unlike last time you mentioned it you know that inside trip and against a smaller field of fillies and mares she got screwed over by that one but in this field against the boys gufo is a multiple grade one winner like it's not a this is not a cheap field that she beat 
No, this feels not bad at all. I mean, Soldiers Rising is a six horse, so I thought it had a shot here. I, I thought it was a, it's a pretty good horse. Atamo uh, won the the Monmouth race, the the United Nations. Like, yep. this is a good field that was in this race. This wasn't beating slouches, um, and and she made them look pedestrian. God, I just love watching her run. Um, I'm so happy we be at the Breeders' Cup to see her in person. One last. Uh, actually, I've never seen her in person. Oh, that's going to be so great. Yeah, right here you see the Six Soldier Rising. He gets an opening, and then he just he just hit a wall. He said, "Nope, never mind. That was my little burst." But look and at look her at just her. extend, 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 and so much more is left in the tank there, and she's just as happy. And oh, ugh, let's go, world, like guys. Okay, um, we don't know who's coming over from Europe. This is the best American choice for the turf, right? Probably, yeah. I mean, there's you know. It... This division's been a mess all year. Like you've got, you've got Adamo who's won. You've got Trapuvin who has won. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just kind of crazy. What, but like, yeah, the Euros you got to respect every any any European horse that comes over. You have to respect. But Warlike Goddess is sometimes coming to these races. You're like that's a good horse. That's a like, and that it's actually a standout in a division. Warlike Goddess, if she goes to the turf, is a standout over these boys. She would have been able to beat win a lot of these races all year long if she was in them. Outside of Tripuvin's wire to wire effort, I don't remember, it was the sword dancer. I don't remember where that was. Outside of Tripuvin's wire to wire effort at 17 to 1, she would have won almost every single one of these longer turf races. Manhattan stakes? Is it Manhattan? I think it was United, United Nations, Nations yeah, was what Adamo right. won. Yeah, sword United Nations was with Adamo. Manhattan at, at Belmont was, uh, was Tripuvin. Uh, bye bye Melvin could go to the turf off of that. Tried to go in gates to wire was no match for Warlike Goddess, but I don't hate that decision. If you've got a pace horse, I mean, you're going to run into Channel Maker probably, but you know, yeah, but bye bye Melvin's faster than Channel Maker. I mean, Tripuvin would be the one I'd be worried about. And one That's thing we true. didn't mention Brown, Pratt Brown, who is that? The horse that went, oh, I can't remember now. Over anyway, Brown is essentially having one of Brown's horses is going every single time now. One of his turf horses in every race is going every single time. So if he has multiple in there and Tribuvin's not there, you got to figure out which one's sending because there will be a brown horse's sent. Uh, Nick Feldman bringing up also domestic spending has six works in now. Just saying, if he yeah, brings you... him back at the Breeders' Cup turf, it's a spot. Use him. That's a, that's a spot, man. That's that's uh, you're aiming high there with it with the return effort for domestic spending. Uh, it'd be interesting if he doesn't. Yeah, Mark Heff brings up he doesn't really have a solid meal on turf. Yes, he does. His name is Domestic Spending. He's coming back. Uh, that was good. All right, this was a long show. We made it. We did 14, 15, a million and a half freaking races here. All the divisions covered. Thank you so much for joining us, Mike. Uh, I know we're at the time limit here. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, I think the Chiefs score a lot of points tonight, but I don't know if they cover, so I took the team total over. I just hope MVS, I've got like a four-point fantasy lead, and I have MVS versus the Vegas kicker. If I somehow lose this one, I Jared, I am so sorry what happened to your Chiefs for that to be the case. You, you should be okay there. How about our Giants, man? Four and one. They knock off the Packers. Unbelievable. Six and a half. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> oh so so awesome so absolutely awesome yeah uh thank you so much for joining us uh the dudes who bet daily i'm sorry yeah dudes who bet sports the weekly show will be live in one hour here at 4 p.m pacific 7 eastern so make sure you tune in for that papa dude and aaron going over the crazy weekend of the nfl and college football uh mike and i will be back on thursday we're gonna preview i'm keeneland's back this weekend we'll be at keeneland we'll do another keeneland sequence so We'll cover that on Thursday's show. And don't forget, every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, Dudes Who Bet Daily, our best bets for horse racing, NFL, Major League Baseball, CFL, 
Uh, we didn't have the best weekend last weekend, but overall, we're still having a really solid time. Yeah, up like fifteen hundred bucks for the year, but man, last week sucked. I just just got hammered last week with some bad luck, but it's part of sports betting, right? It's why you have a bankroll and you're betting. You know, you're supposed to you're supposed to bet two percent of your bankroll every game. That is not what the mass majority. And I don't even I don't do that shit. I'm betting more than that. You got to have a little bit of fun with that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, this was this was a lot of fun. We're gonna have a ton of Breeders' Cup coverage coming up coming up for the next couple of weeks. The Monday shows will probably be heavy Breeders' Cup. Uh, maybe we'll sneak a sequence in here or there, but it's gonna be a lot of Breeders' Cup talk on the Mondays leading up to uh, next week. I got to mention again, congratulations to everyone who qualified through in the racing dudes tournament challenge this weekend the next racing dudes tournament challenge will be breeders cup so make sure you get yourself ready for that uh there were 50 entrants or for almost 50 entrants i think nine people made the finals uh that's a free 500 in the finals there so everyone who qualifies through to the finals gets a shot at 500 bucks for free the next one's at the breeders cup so you have no excuse not to play because you've already handicapped all those races Unless you're just lazy like me and you forget to sign up. But don't do that. Don't be like Magic. That's that's just a good rule of thumb for life in general. Don't be like Magic. Uh, be like Robert. Robert's very nice. I appreciate y'all. Great job, guys. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, Truth Exposed. Uh, I saw your comments in the chat. We don't go over them, but I saw them. That was pretty funny. Uh, very happy you were all here. Remember, three to four weeks, we're all going to be together in Lexington. It's going to be a lot of fun. Until next time, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. We'll see you on Thursday, if not Wednesday morning. Peace. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.